Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so let's fill it with interesting women, wonderful stories, insights, idea, inspiration, and fun. Today, we have a very special, super amazing guest on the show, Katie D'Andrea, an amazing young person I'm lucky enough to call a friend who just really inspires me for the up-and-coming generations and the leadership that they're bringing to this world. Katie, on behalf of every single human your age, welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Thank you so much, Betsy, for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Well, the crowd goes wild for you because you are a rock star. And I just love your story on so many levels. And so today, we're really just here to talk to you about, you know, how did you get started, about your education? You've shared with me some of your experiences, which I found really insightful and interesting. And I just think people would love to hear kind of what's going on with you. So um, you could start. It all began in a small hospital. We don't really have that long, but if you want to go that far back, um, (laughs) tell us a little bit about your background, your education, and what got you today to be kind of a consultant in the world for people making the best of their business and their life? Where to start? I think where the story gets interesting is when I graduated from Yale in 2013, I had never known what it was like to not be on a hamster wheel. I was always disciplined and got great grades. I was always on varsity sports teams, multiple sports teams. I got the art award in high school and things were great, right? Like to the best of my knowledge and awareness, life was good. And when I moved to DC after I graduated and I hated my first job, that started me on my path of waking up. And so December, 2015, I received a call from a friend who asked if I was happy. And it was the first time I'd really considered my own happiness. I had everything, right? Great friends, the best family one can imagine, a solid income, great health, good adventures, all of the freedom in the world, and yet something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And to be honest, I felt really bad about that fact because in a life of comparison, I had so much more than the majority of humans on the planet. So... (laughs) So then, so, okay, so you graduated, so go back and unpack it a little bit. You went to Yale, which people are like, yeah, she must be a smarty. She went to Yale. So how was that? Um, What did you study at Yale? Oh, goodness. Uh, My major was American studies, but that was an excuse for me to take any class I wanted to under the sun because it was a very liberal major at a very liberal art school. In my first two years, I was on the varsity rowing team, and we rode about 35 hours a week or We did about 35 hours a week of rowing-related fitness. Um, I was always in in the training room, and we actually won NCAAs my freshman year, so we were really good. Um, And I burnt out. After my sophomore year, I had had it emotionally, spiritually, physically. It was really tough socially, um, super isolating. And so I really acknowledge all of the Division I, Division II, and Division III athletes out there that are able to be able to maintain this balance of work, life, play, and health of all the different domains. Because for me, it was really hard. I'm 
like an all or nothing person. And I want to be all in, especially at a place like Yale, where it's like a feast, literally, of all the opportunity in the world. And so I had a really difficult time balancing it all. And this is before all of the mental health conversation was started about being okay with not being okay. And um, in a place like Yale, there's so much pressure on you. And I felt the pressure. And, I, and I'm someone who puts a lot of pressure on myself, hence probably why I ended up at Yale. Like I'm very in, uh, internally motivated. And um, it was really tough. And it, it, it was only when I started doing my self-work that I then started to lift this like heavy, and I'm using my hands and I know it's a podcast, but this heavy backpack, heavy shoulder suit of pressure off because I started to see the truth and what I was here to do. And it was not to be my own self-critic. Wow. And that's so important because, you know, many of us, um, even many of us that are twice your age, um, look back and, you know, just how we were supposed to be, right? What for my family was, everything was supposed to be perfect on the outside. My mom was a perfect on the outside mom, right? The house had to look perfect. The kids had to be perfect. And she would kind of strut us by their friends as they were smoking and drinking every Friday and Saturday night and having their big party and say, look at this one. And in my family, she would say to my sister, look at this one. She's beautiful. And then they would go, look at this one. She's smart. Because my sister could never be. Wasn't that great? My sister could never be smart because she was beautiful. And I could never be beautiful because I was smart. And that's where we were put. And so I had to prove to the world my whole life that I could be smart, right? And I could be smart and fun because I always use fun as my thing. Like, you know, I'm going to overdo and hurt myself, but I'm surely going to be the most fun one. Um, yeah, so I totally get you. So that was cool. So now we're, we're after your sophomore year of, of Yale. So did you finish off at Yale? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I finished my second two years and I'll never forget fresh, uh, my junior fall. My friend said to me sometime at like 10, 20 p.m. So past my initial bedtime for my first two years, you're up and you're smiling and you're happy and you're engaged. And for me, a total light bulb went off of like, wow, this is what it means to be living more in my truth. Wow. And that is something that we are so lucky that you're bringing to the world now. But I want to do the, the travel part in here before we get to that okay. now. So, so, okay. So you graduate from Yale. So tell everyone the story about your, you know, mission, Katie, um, as you project me, project you, as you went into the world, because, um, many of us, I think aspire and would love to go back and do that, you know, and have the freedom or have the guts or have the bravery to do that. So I know the story. So tell everybody else. Oh goodness. Where to start? It started in a windowless room in one of the landmark programs. And for those who don't know, Landmark is the Curriculum for Living. It starts with the forum. It used to be called Est in the 80s for those that go back to the 80s. Way back, yeah. <laughs> Way back. Um, and there's a lot of stuff, you know, meaning about Landmark. But what it gave me was the freedom to choose my thoughts and my reality. And so when I, when I realized I had a freedom of choice, I was like, what the heck am I doing in this job where I'm not fully seen, where I'm not living in my truth? where I feel bad about being a square peg in a round hole, which no one should ever feel bad about themselves because the environment doesn't recognize them. It just means 
you're collecting data, that there's something more true and better for you. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to quit my job and travel the world. I can do this. Why not me? Why not me to go out and pursue this dream of global exploration, which really was just metaphorical for my inner journey? Because I went alone and I traveled for 17 months throughout Southeast Asia, New Zealand, and Australia, and, and met a few friends along the way. But it was mostly just this solo journey of deepening how I know myself and who becoming who I want to be in this lifetime. And I know this probably seems a little esoteric for some of you that are listening, but um, it was the first time that I got to hit pause on my life and asked myself big questions that I had never really asked before. Um, and so it was the greatest gift I could have given myself because it's given me this whole language of Katie to pull from and ways to relate to people, no matter what people's backgrounds are, their ages, their race, um, gender, sexuality, socioeconomic status. and as someone who's deeply curious, I went all in on getting to know my community wherever I was and being able to foster that community and that source of love. Because when you're alone on the road, you are truly alone if you don't create the community that you crave. Oh, that feels like a t-shirt, you know, when you're alone on the road, you're truly alone. Create your community. Yeah, like you're never a victim of your circumstance. And if that's one thing I'm going to preach throughout this whole COVID-19 pandemic is choose your thoughts. Step out of your victimhood. This is an opportunity to create something new and connect in new ways and go in, go deep, go up, go whatever way spiritually that means to you. But it's never why you, it's why not you. Oh, that's so fun. And, and if you were thinking back, like, if you know, like sometimes you say, what was the high point or what was a memory that you had? And one just popped into my head that I have to share. My coolest thing ever, I think I've ever done in the whole world, because I traveled speaking to 20 countries, is I was alone in, awesome. um, yeah, I was in New Zealand and um, the local tribal people came around me. And the way that they thanked me for speaking was they circled me in a circle of love and sang and chanted their ancient songs from their tribes in New Zealand. And, um, it, you know, it was just totally different than anything I'd ever experienced as a nice little white girl from Indiana in the middle (laughs) of the U.S. eating my Wonder White Bread with some peanut butter. You know, like I'd so come from such a conservative and, um, kind of small town mentality and no one in my family had ever traveled the world. I was traveling all alone to all these countries to speak. And there I found myself in New Zealand surrounded by the local tribal people in their tribal gowns and costumes Mm. chanting a thank you to me. And I still to this day, like took that to my soul was like, wow, this is like so impactful. But that one just popped out. And I haven't thought of that for years and years and years. But that was one from my, um, my wanderings that um, I remember. So what would, what would be one from your wanderings? First of all, I need to hear that full story because yeah. that gives me chills. The Maori people in New Zealand are, Maori, um, are so powerful. So I can only imagine what your body was experiencing, let alone like your head and your heart. That's so cool. Um, this 
maybe this is making too much meaning out of this experience, but I went on an eight-day hike down the center Alps of New Zealand with these two American girls that I met that were getting their graduate degrees at the University of Otago. And they said, there's this really cool path. We found someone's trail online. It's not marked. Let's go. I'm like, here we go. Like this one's a marathoner. One, um, she worked on glaciers and did cross-country skiing across glaciers. They, they were super fit. And I was recovering from an Achilles tear at the time. So not as fit as I used to be. And we hiked the most magical landscape of New Zealand for eight days. And it was hands down the hardest, most painful, and most confronting experience I ever experienced to date, physically, actually. Like the blister, a blister the size of Neptune on my heel with boots that weren't really mine. And so when we finished, like that feeling of perseverance and just bravery and courage to do something that was, you know, within my comfort zone as someone who loves to hike, but outside my comfort zone as someone who was using Tobo maps and with two people I didn't really know down an unmarked trail where, you know, we were braving the weather, hoping that it would be sunny. When I finished that, I just felt so proud of myself. Yeah, and I can I got feel it with you talking about it. Yeah. No one has ever seen like the most magical sunrises atop this mountain, waking up to boots that were frozen, which sucked. <laughs> but, yeah. There is also some reality check in there. Yeah. Well, that is a great story. You take us, by, as you tell us that story, you take us back to the joy of that memory. So thank you for sharing that. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Hi, we're back at Boost Power Podcast. Uh, Katie DeAndrea is telling us her stories of the world, and it's making me have flashbacks to my uh, travel youth, where we do have that in common. I spent many, many times in places around the world uh, alone and loved it, and and do not have a fear of traveling alone, as Katie does not. Um, So now we're going to fast forward. So you got this huge, big perspective from your travel. And so then let's talk about then, you know, kind of then what happened. So you came off this journey. And then how did you kind of make your path to uh, the role of such great service you are today in the world? I love that question because it involves a huge valley and then the most beautiful climb up a mountain, which I'm still climbing. When I got back from my backpacking trip, I went into this um, seven month period of limbo land. And for those who know, like, I hope you just put your hands up in the air and like shake them. Because Limboland is a really hard place to be. For, and for me, who is very action-oriented, it was almost paralyzing. I've always been a woman with a plan. I've always known you know, where I'm going, whether that's because I'm on the hamster wheel or because I've actually consciously chosen it. But I like an agenda. And so when I got back from my backpacking trip, I had so much clarity on who I was, but no idea how I'd go from point A to point D, wherever that was. And so with my coach at the time, she helped me reframe Limboland to metamorphosis, which I think holds incredible relevancy to what we're experiencing today because we actually don't know what's going to happen next week or in one month from now. And so 
in my reframing of metamorphosis, I got to be a butterfly in development. And for me, that was so much more palatable and easier to be with than just being straddling two worlds of known and the unknown. Because as humans, we crave certainty. And I have a high level of a high threshold for uncertainty. And this nearly broke me. So I turned to the internet and was fiercely creative and curious about who people were. And so I started reaching out to people, cultivating conversations. And then I chose that I wanted to go to Denver. So then I came up to Denver in November of 2018 for three weeks and talked with and met every person that I could possibly meet that would give me their time of day. And people are like, how do you do that? And so um, my networking pieces of advice is use the hive model, find the queen bee, because they're the person that is generally very connected. They're the one that has a lot of social capital. And if you can feel people's energy, they're generally very positive and uplifting and like live very much above the line. And they're really, they're super attractors. The second one is ask people about themselves. People love to talk about themselves, hence me on this therapist soapbox right now, just spilling my thoughts. Um, but people really enjoy sharing who they are and how they've gotten to where they go. And the third one is treat people like they're people. Like no one is any more worthy than you. You're all the same amount of have the same amount of worthiness. So treat people like an equal, treat people like a human. That human connection is so important. And so those three things really served me when I came to Denver to network. And then when I moved here full-time after Christmas of 2018, um, and soon enough, I had built this like amazing pool of people I knew. And it's actually where my networking trip in November was actually where I met my two current bosses, Chris Chapiak and Hark Harold. Chris is the CEO and founder of Arla Soul. She has a podcast with Betsy, so please tune into that. She is a true genius and inspiration on this planet, and I could not be any luckier to work with her. And then Hark Harold, who is that man with social capital and gravitas, and he wears a cowboy hat, and his personality is bigger than life, and he is the chapter, a director of chapter operations for a national nonprofit called Bunker Labs. And Bunker Labs supports veteran, veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. And two of the coolest bosses and two of the coolest projects, actually. Yeah. And my bosses are friends. So my world got super small very quickly in Denver. Awesome. Well, we are so happy to have you in the Camp Experience family. Chris and I go in the Wayback Machine all the way back to the beginning of camp. She has been involved many, many years. She helps tie together and helps weave. Um, and here's my backstory. I thought I had to do it all alone, right? Because I'm, you know, I'm kind of you, uh, Katie 1.0, uh, maybe in your college days. You know, it's, it's my baby, 15 years. I got to do it. I got to figure out the next thing every year until about, I don't know, five or seven years ago, Chris said, or I can help you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Strategy. Yeah, what about that? And, um, and Chris said, what about this? What about this visual recording thing? What about this idea board? What about this way we do it? And she brought such great life to the table. And really a good lesson for me is, you know, we're, we're even better. The more people that collaborate, the more people that bring their ideas, we're even better. And it wasn't an ego thing for me. It was more of a service thing for me. I just felt like, oh, I don't want to burden anybody with helping me because I want this to be my gift to every human of the world that I take all of myself and every single year 
re-engineer better than the last 15 years. You know, and every year people would say, that was the best one. I'd be like, oh no, it can't be the best one. You know, like it was really a burden and Chris really um, relieved me of that. And she is a super, super great sounding board. So I'm glad you're on your team. Tell everybody a little bit about what Arla Soul can do for you. Well, Bunker Labs, we can go into later because we're going to do some fun things with them, but tell them about Arla Soul and how you personally can get involved with helping them figure out their great next. I wish this wasn't just like a really brief podcast because what you said is so genius and that level of self-awareness that you've cultivated over that time, Betsy, is so impressive. Thank you. It's a truth. It's, you know, um, it's being a solopreneur forever since I was 26 and now I'm almost 59. Um, I'm so used to being all me and not in a bad way, but Chris really um, was part of that catalyst of knowing it's okay to ask for help. And what's the worst thing? Someone says no, but what's the best thing? You get Chris you and Katie. Them. Yeah. Chris and Katie on your team. Awesome sauce. Yeah. It's so funny when so much of who we are is dictated in the first like eight years of our life. And that's where our stories develop when we live into those stories, making them true. And so anytime someone tells me they think they should do something, right? The should is the conditioning. And I think shooting on yourself is one of the most fascinating things because who told you you had to do that? Right. That's right. Like, why is that but, your burden, but you your back, cross to bear? But if you go back, you as an overachiever, me as an overachiever through high school and college, you know, the way my parents scored that they were being good parents was me having good grades, but I was smoking pot behind the bus. And I just said that out loud. But, you know, I wasn't stealing, except maybe some chocolate covered peanuts once at the grocery store on my bike with my friend Mary. <laughs> but, Sorry. I was having more flashbacks, but you know, I mean, like achievement had always been in our family, the way that you made the parents feel good about themselves and they got off your back so you could go have your secret life of who you were, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I totally so, resonate with that hundred percent. So being versus doing has been a very interesting journey, you know, yeah. for me. Asking, or, yeah. You know, who's telling you? Yeah, really. I don't, Where's I say that too, don't, coming from? don't like, should, the box right here? yeah, don't shit on yourself is one of my favorite things. Don't shit on yourself. Okay. So how can our soul and you, me and you, we all, we could just go off because it's fine. It's our thing. It's my show. My boss isn't going to fire me, but um, I love, <laughs> I love this story and I'd love to do some follow-up ones too. I'm doing some deeper ones called deeper dive. I'd love to do deeper dive about, you know, what are you shooting on and like some things that'd be super fun. So let's think about that because that'd be super fun to do. So, um, okay, let's talk about then what can Arlisol and some of your services do to help um, people, businesses, entrepreneurs, um, large size teams really get on the same page visually and mentally and emotionally and spiritually and everything so they have magical success because this is a great time for people to lay that groundwork. I love it. So Arlisol Visualize Innovation is a creative consultancy and we blend really good facilitation skills with really good strategy and then also graphic design and recording. And so what that means to you all, because I had no idea what Arlisol was when I first started working for Chris, we help people literally see where they are now and where they want to go using a huge piece of paper and markers and asking very provocative questions in a safe environment. And so whether you're an individual or you're a small team, or you're a huge team, or you're part of the leadership team in charge of all these different teams, 
we can help you come up with a plan on a page and create the systems and the structures and the accountability systems to support you in achieving whatever that North Star is. And so one thing that we launched this year is called Breakthrough 2020, and it's a three-part coaching slash consulting offering where we bring you from like the foggy murkiness, the uncertainty, the limbo land of today into an action plan that makes you want to run through brick walls because it's so compelling. It's so in line with your truth and it's exciting to you. And I say this with so much enthusiasm because I really believe that you're never stuck. And sometimes all you need is someone to believe in you and ask you the right questions so that you can see your environment and your context slightly differently that opens up a whole new range of choices and actions. And so that's one thing our list could do for you. If you want clarity, you want empowerment, and you want a plan, you can find me at Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at Arlisol, A-R-L-O-S-O-U-L.com or visit arlisol.com or check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Well, you took my next question because I was going to say how to find you. So that was very intuitive. Thank you for I'm telling everybody. I'm a podcast nerd. You are. See, you know how this works. Um, okay, now we're going to do a special thing that only happens on my podcast because it's the Dream Big, Live Big card deck. Many of you may be clamoring for your own copy of the Dream Big, Live Big card deck at BetsyWeersma.com. You get yourself one or a angel print, or maybe a blessing journal. But today, um, I'm going to pull a card and ask you a question. This is a random one that's meant for you today. Oh, and so you got the bee goddess, the B-E goddess. So it's about being. And what love will you spread, Katie? What love will you spread is your big, mm -hmm. dream big, live big card. What an interesting time to ask that question. What love will I spread? I have three things. One of them is a cross group. We, I don't, and I'm struggling with the language because we haven't created languages. A group, a platform, um, a community that brings people together from all different communities. And why that's so important is we are truly stronger, smarter, and more resilient together. And I think what's fascinating about this COVID time is that we are being forced out of our silos and into collaboration in a way that's unprecedented. Scientists are saying this is the most we've ever collaborated across country lines, across silos, across industry lines. And I think that's true for society right now. And so please be in touch about that. Chris and I are so excited. Another one is a group that I am creating in Colorado called Human to Human. And it's all about using the principles of circle, which is using, you know, very tribal orientation of people in a circle and checking in and speaking one at a time and using practices of deep learning and inquiry and being present for other people and witnessing them in a way that I don't think millennials here have. And then the third is being the love that I want to receive. I'm someone who is very proactive and I don't wait for things to happen. Sometimes that makes me impatient, which I know is the shadow side to that. Um, but if I feel a need for craving and love, like I will be that for someone else. I will reach out to them. And so really and truly being of service and showing up and 
doing acts of kindness and thoughtfulness for those that just pop into my mind because I know other people are craving it too if I am. Awesome. That was a, a very nice three-point awesome answer. Here. Yeah, well, we so appreciate you being a part of the Camp Experience Network, you being such a bright light for so many of us. And your story is fantastic. I'm so happy to amplify that and get that out in the world. Um, it's, it's what we stand for, really. It's um, women helping women in education, inspiration, and connections. It's what we've done for 15 years, and it's the legacy we want to do 24-7 to be part of the possible. So thank you so much for being our special guest, and thank you all for listening today to Boost Power Podcast. You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So make it a good one because take this time that you spent with Katie and spent with me to think about, well, wait a minute. I might need to go on my own adventure. I might need to go deep and ask a few questions and be silent and not be afraid of what I hear. I might need to reinvent or restructure or reimagine. And maybe I can do it or maybe I need help from Arlisol and Chris and Katie. But you are surrounded by love, and that is the message in this world. Please share this podcast with others who are looking for uplifting ideas and energy and great connections to amazing women and voices from around the world. We're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, which is amplifying women's voices for good. I'm your host, Betsy Weersman. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.